and welcome to the 22nd episode of Mother Daughter Book Talk. I'm Alexis. And I'm Christine. And today we have a very special episode. We will be discussing a book with the authors. Our book today is The Other Sister by Alexis and Chad Dellinger. (gasps) Welcome to the podcast, my father, Chad, and welcome back to my brother, Andrew. You brought brought me here against my will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Andrew. Because of this special episode, we wanted to have the whole family here to discuss because our lives and dynamics were very much an integral part of how we wrote this book. So, Angie, you want to hit it off with a non-spoiler summary? I have no choice. Beige twin sister Angela is better than her sister in every way. She has perfect grades, is the captain of the cheer squad, and is dating the star quarterback on the football team. She has the perfect life. As Beast starts her senior year, once again living in Angela's shadow, her life spirals out of control. Bee faces a life and death decision that threatens to tear her family apart. Before it's too late, Bee must make an impossible choice that will change her life forever. Ooh. Spooky. I know. Okay. okay. Now we are going to start discussing the book. So if you haven't read it yet, press pause, read the book, and come back when you're done. This is your official spoiler warning. So, what'd y'all think of the book? Now, with my first appearance, I thought it was a med book. I love this book, I'm gonna be honest. I am, Aw, I am, thank you, but And I'm not saying that because I'm biased. Because if I had anything, I'm anti-biased. I yeah. judge family books so much harder than normal books. That is true. Which, I mean, I appreciate because I'm the kind of person who, like, I don't like just to be told it's good because I don't fully trust it. I need to, like, understand what you like, what you don't like, so I can just kind of get that feedback. So, you were very... When you were first reading the book, you were a very good person to have, like, that... You were nice... But also you gave good and bad. Yeah. Andrew is nothing but brutally honest. Yes, exactly. 100%. If I do not like something, I am letting everyone know the reasons why multiple times. Oh, yeah. We know that. We're very much aware. We're very aware. I distinct- Or if somebody does not like somebody else, you will let them know. Yeah. Yes, mister. When I was like, I don't know, how old was I? How old was he when you were in kindergarten? Yeah. So five yeah, so are we going to tell that story now that we've hinted at it? I guess we can. Andrew Howdy. had the same music teacher as his older sister. That was his concert. But it was Miss M. And Older sister not being me, we have another sister yes. who unfortunately could not be here today. The other sister. The other Ooh. sister. The older sister. So she had Miss M... For band, Andrew had Miss M for music class. So at the band concert, Andrew decides to tell the music teacher that Christina hates her. And we as parents try to laugh it off and say, oh, ha, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't mean it. And Andrew would not let it go at that. <laughs> well, cause- no, she really hates her. I think it's because he was being like, like he thought you guys were telling him he was lying. And he's very much, Andrew, if someone tells you you're lying when you're not lying, you're very firm. In. <laughs> but anyway, so needless to say, it was a mortifying situation for his older sister. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Miss Alexis. Yes, mother. Miss Arthur, yes. You came up with this idea I did for this book do mm-hmm. you before you approached your father to help you write this book mm-hmm. so why don't you tell us a bit about how this whole book came about okay so it was like Christmas break of 2019 and I had the flu so I was up in my room bored out of my mind to the point where I was like decorating folders for school because I was just like I need something to do And so I was going through, I've always been the kind of person who follows like writing prompt accounts. And so I'd been following a few of them and I've been looking through them all. And then I was thinking, because all of those writing prompts, I don't know if you guys look at those things, but they have like big, like like, a few word twists. So what if it, what if you were like doing this, but then big twist within just a few sentences. So I was like, if I had to come up with one of my own, what, what would I do? And I'm going to do major spoilers here. So just 
extra spoiler warning if you have not read the book this is the big plot twist i was like well what if someone had a twin sister who was better than them the classic twin trope but the twin sister didn't exist and so i started off with like what if she was the embodiment of all of her insecurities and she would and then i thought schizophrenia and so i was like I spent that whole night, I got so invested in this idea that I was, like, Googling, like, how old you are when schizophrenia is, like, diagnosed and, like, thinking of plot points and I came up with the names, Googling, like, because I... I'm, if anyone who has followed our podcast knows, when I Alexis do research. starts researching, it's over. We're researching We're forever. <laughs> and I know I'm the kind of person, because I've been trying to write books for ever it started let me the lemon, lemon shark. shark when i was in what second grade yes we still need let me the lemon shark okay, and four. so what were you gonna say andrew yeah. Sorry, we're uh, i have two things now that you brought up the names as well first thing my favorite story about reading the book basically like the day it was released mm-hmm. we decided we'll do a family reading i was event. gonna tell the story i want to right. do it no no well, but let my story her story okay anyway, so well, either way after i did all that research i'm the kind of person because of that whole writing stuff I'm not very good at stretching out ideas into full stories I get too excited about the plot points I want to have done that kind of rush the story and it comes very jumbled and I know that my dad he if y'all don't know he wrote a different book called The Fall I really like it and so I went to him and I was like hey I have this idea I love it but I don't know if I can make a story out of it do you think you could help me so Chad what was your thought when Alexis first presented her idea to you I thought the idea was really, really good. Um, I was impressed but not surprised at the amount of research that had been done. <laughs> and frankly, I was uh, just so happy to have a, a teenage daughter coming and saying, let's write a book together. Yeah. Uh, when most teenagers don't usually like to talk to their parents. So it was just a really a cool experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I was impressed. I just thought it would be a really fun thing for us to do together. I talked I- to you guys. Yes, you do. Too much. <laughs> Sorry. I have a very distinct memory of we were in the airport. I don't remember what we were in the airport for. We were going to New Pro- York. Yeah, probably we going- taking a trip. Oh, wow. Great idea. It was New York. <laughs> we and were we had that huge delay. And so Dad and I went down to the food court to get food. Well, everyone was uh, by the seats still. And I just distinctly remember standing in line and Dad and I were just talking through plot points together and ideas of what could happen. I remember at one point... We wanted to have the dad be dead, and after, like, she was done, like, instead of the whole, like, it was Angela thing, we were going to have her kind of get better, and then realize she was still hallucinating, hallucinating, thinking that her dad was there, and that was her final snap. Yeah, well, can I go on with my story now? Yeah, sure. Go yeah, on my, with your story, Andrew. My, my favorite story. Day book was released or something. like at a, It was right before it was released. Right, right. We were, we were done pretty much with our editing process. We were... We were going to do a family read-through of the book. Let me just say we only got through one chapter. But in that one chapter, immediately afterwards, I'm like, so Angela doesn't exist, right? I will say that made me super nervous. I Because I'm still very, like, unsure about my own writing skills. And, like, I'm not unsure about dad's, but, like, my own ideas and whatnot. So I was like, what if it's too obvious? What if people are just going to guess it? Because I'm the kind of person, I like the twists that I can't guess. So I was, that made me very nervous. Well, but, if anyone who's listened to the previous podcast with Andrew as our guest knows, he is really, really good at guessing what he's He's got are. your psycho-psychic gene. Yes, he does. So, he is really good at guessing what's going to happen. So anyway, anyway well, I was sitting at the dinner table, so like, yeah, obviously Andrew doesn't exist. And I gotta say, my main reason wasn't because of the book, but because I got a preview of a unreleased back cover. Dad, dad made, he's like, you're like, oh, it's made the twist of obvious. I'm like, what? I forgot about it. Then when we're reading the first chapter, I'm like, yeah, there's oh. a major twist. And you decided that that's what it had to be. I mean, be. like, yeah. I, was, I was just thinking, like, Angela's never at family, like, breakfast. So maybe she just. Well, we also do a lot more subtle things. Like, we never yeah. have anyone talk to Angela. You know, like, that's something I. So let me, let me continue the story, because yeah. I'm going to keep going on with this if you just, yeah. So <laughs> We need to let him finish, or he's going to keep bringing it back. So anyway. Again, our point of Andrew will not let anything go. <laughs> so, so, so when we sat down at the dinner table, and I kept talking about it, I remember 
dad was being so mad that I guess, like, stop talking about it, Andrew. We're not talking well, about it. that was because he knew it was making me upset. Yeah. And you didn't realize you were making me upset, so he was trying to, like, control both aspects of the situation. Yeah. Not an easy thing to do with this family. But anyway, I have a question for you, Alexis. Yes, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you father as well, if, if you have any part of it. Oh, since you said you created the names, uh, did you create the names Angela and B because B comes after A? Because so, actually, like, B so is an my, A shadow. My yes and no. So that's why I came with B. I came with the name Angela first because Angel, perfect little angel, yeah. And then I came with B because like B Plan B. But then I thought that was ironic too because B is the older twin. She came first technically. I know, but like she's B because she's behind them. Yeah. <laughs> that was an unintentional joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say something and I forgot because you kept interrupting me, brother. Jeez. So I think what I think what was interesting though is you were very concerned about people guessing the twist, mm-hmm. which is why you wanted to have the de- the dad be not alive, which we then thought I think you realized rightfully so that was probably a step too far. Yeah. Um, but that's why then you came up with the idea of sort of the double twist in the end, which is. First, is it schizophrenia or the brain tumor? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, at the end, the ambiguity about that she was back. So I what, think that was a much better way of yeah. dealing mm-hmm. with the concern about people guessing the first and twist. what I really like is how um, it it's not ever confirmed, really. So I have a lot of people talking to me about it and asking, what does it actually mean? Because I have people telling me, well, thinking it's a positive thing. Like, well, maybe it's like... She knows it's not really there, but, like, she's come up with, like, this coping mechanism for when she's stressed. I have someone else telling me that it's schizophrenia. Someone else telling me it's maybe the brain cancer's back. Someone else telling me maybe she's just delusional and crazy, not just schizophrenia, but, like, she's convinced herself of this reality. And what I really like is, I'm sorry, you're getting ready to say something. I remember what I was going to say, though, which was with that whole, like, Angela never being spoken to, all these things, I had a friend who was reading the book. And when she read the end, she went. She read back through the entire book trying to find a moment that was me. where that was you. That was me. No, I had another friend to do that too. <laughs> like I was like, I tried things. She, she said a friend. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I said a friend. Not brother, friend. <laughs> because like, and I really liked that because it meant that someone was just really invested in it, and I knew that there wasn't an instance where someone talked to Angela. Well, and that clearly pays tribute to, of course, the famous movie, The Sixth Sense, right? So does that concept of building off the seeming interactions that mm-hmm. never took place. Your, your mind fills in the interactions, mm-hmm. making you think that, in fact, Angela had talked to people when, in fact, she hadn't. I thought you did mm-hmm. a very nice job of making that. I mean, so she didn't talk, in those gaps. but people didn't talk back to her. So here's a question I had for you both. Yeah. Did Sam come into play at any point for this? Uh, that's how Sam as in? The ghost, yes. The ghost. Um, I don't remember specifically if that was in the process because there was a lot of things we were throwing around that were a lot from our life. So like, do you, do you remember dad? Sam, the, like, yeah, we never let it down. No, lives in the attic, takes kids if they're did bad. Did we ever discuss this? Yo, yes, we did. Yes, we okay. did. Yeah. I think it was the Gilded episode. Okay. No, I don't, I don't think it did. I, I think it started with a clear schizophrenia issue. So when when Alexis did her original writing prompt that she gave to me, it was really that main scene in the bathroom in the first chapter. Yeah. So it's her having the mental breakdown. It is her then being comforted by the sister who didn't actually exist. But what actually originally I had written, I didn't have that comforting part. I thought that was going to be like the big, like climax of the story. Like this is her final, like, big thing breakdown breakdown yeah Yeah. and this was like the very first thing i wrote because i'm again i'm the person who likes to jump ahead to the parts i'm really excited about and then i showed this to my dad and he was all like he helped me really fine-tune this and it became like the very beginning and you got to show angela because b had really built up angela to be this like horrible like not horrible person but like you don't like her but then you just see her you see her comforting that you despise her. because she's Anna's great spitting everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. she yeah. But then you see her comforting her, and it's like a her actual first impression is very different from how B portrays her. I think that's well, such a great and contrast. And I think what you guys do great a great job with is that you know because 
you can have Angela be just the stereotypical, mm-hmm. you know, perfect cheerleader, princess. perfect princess in front of the parents, but a horrible sister, you know, behind the scenes or whatever. So, you know, and like siblings. Just, and it's just really not the case. Mm-hmm. And but it makes you feel like you empathize with B for understanding like why it sucks that she's in the shadow, but also like you can't hate Angela because she's also, trying to help B with. I remember when reading. Sorry for yeah, no, 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 go. Like, I remember when reading. I brought up how Angela was a bit of a jerk in this one scene where Angela's like, "I my life is not a revolve around you," and then you're like, "Oh yeah, but it makes sense because Angela, you can understand that she doesn't want her life to revolve around B." Yeah, sorry. No, I think the the concept was that you wanted to give the perspective of what it's like to grow up with a sibling who has a, a an illness, right? Mm-hmm. So for many, many years, everything revolved around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that perspective, giving Angela depth, was a really mm-hmm. good choice. As your mom says, it's not a hollow character. Yeah. You see her point of view, even though her point of view doesn't actually exist. Exactly. And I really like how... Um, when it comes to that, Angela, she's not perfect, despite how B sees her, and she has these moments of, my life doesn't revolve around you, when ironically, it technically does, because she's imagining her into existence, and she still has these flaws and faults, and, but she's always trying her best to help B, and I really like that, and honestly, what it kind of reminded me of, with the, my life doesn't revolve around you, whole kind of situation, sibling with an illness, is I'm not trying to call you out for this, Andrew, but when you were much younger, it was kind of difficult because you needed a lot of the extra attention and because of your autism, and it's very different things, cancer and autism, but it's still, I really empathized myself with Angela in that moment and drew from that feeling because... Andrew? Although, although it's very different situations, I still kind of knew that it was a lot of it needed you needed that extra attention and help to kind of grow and become who you are today and so I made sure myself it wasn't like something my parents wanted me do to kind of step back a little bit and not be as needing to make sure it was a good balance and so putting that into a character was really helpful for me yeah so I have a question for you yeah um so my favorite character who steals was, every scene in the book? Ask that question. Is Seuss? Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell us about how Seuss came I, to be and sort of how you developed. Seuss. I was gonna ask because I was not ready to talk about the ending yet because that's my. Well, we'll save the ending. Thing. And let's I was talk, like, let's talk, let's talk about everyone's favorite character. Who I was yes. gonna say who's yes. everyone's Seuss. favorite character? Seuss. Okay, Seuss. So he steals every he scene does. he's in. He from really my does. Yeah. And it really came from. I have Gravity moved. Falls. Well, not really. The name. Honestly, the name kind of seemed like. Or, yeah, we were kind of like. Seuss, the name really fit him, but it was also because uh, Jesus is a Hispanic name. We wanted a character that kind of reflected my own heritage. And what really kind of inspired, helped really develop Seuss is we've moved around a lot. We've been to a lot of different schools, and I've had a lot of different friends. And so I've had a lot of experiences that help shape friendships in my mind. And so, honestly, the dynamics of, like, the lunch table and how people talk to each other was really drawn on from all of my different friendships, from all of my different schools, and kind of forming it into one, like, not perfect friend, but, like, because he's not perfect, but he does try his best, and he's such, like, and I didn't want him to be just the basic friend character, because he has these levels, he has his own chapter, which I really, I so loved it, because I hate when in books you have all these characters that you love that you never get to see from their perspective, can I just say, for me, the part that I really loved is his difficulty going to see B. going to see B in the hospital, and you know he he lost his mom to breast cancer, and just walking into a hospital mm-hmm. after living through trauma like that at such a young age, I thought you pulling into that without like being like totally in your face Mm -hmm. about it was brilliant and as somebody who did lose a parent to breast cancer and knowing that there are certain things that are hard to deal with Mm -hmm. and can almost feel like a ptsd yeah you know i thought that you 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 both just did that brilliantly and i loved it it's like how you are with puke now 
Right. You can't handle vomit because it reminds you of the chemotherapy puking. And everyone has their own, like, triggers and what, like, reminds... Because everyone has their own traumas. Trauma's been, like, this huge, like, word that's, like, oh, you have to go through something horrible to have a trauma. But in actuality, trauma can be almost anything. Trauma can be, honestly, moving in childhood. And so everyone has things that remind them of that trauma. Everyone has trauma responses. And so by drawing on that and how people react to different things and situations it really again writing is basically my therapy which I think a lot of other writers agree with especially young teenage writers because I've been seeing a lot of the writing community writing you put so much of yourself and your emotions and your struggles into it and you show yourself that because your characters are able to get through these hardships and these anxieties and depression you can too and that's what really helped me with my writing yeah uh, can I can I speak now? So I just have one. No, question. you can't speak now. I have one question because of this the Seuss chapter. Yeah. Uh, is he gay? Because they call him queer and that he should find himself a boyfriend. Is he a gay character? Um, I hadn't decided. I liked him being yes and no. I was thinking more of him for like buy your pan because uh. also honestly, I I like there not being a label exactly for him. yeah no okay yeah and I, I agree. think I think part of we talked about this and I think. We want it to leave open the possibility of a non-straight character, but didn't want to just throw a label to put it in somebody's face. Mm-hmm, exactly. We it, as I think high school kids are these days, mm-hmm. uh, there is fluidity. People have different perspectives. You don't have to have labels. I think just leaving mm-hmm. it to the reader to interpret, I thought was a much nicer way of doing it mm-hmm. than and just labeling him why as, a, I was saying... as a token sort of character of, exactly. some, of some part or something. And that's why just now I was saying buy your pan because I don't, know if I want like I don't want to say that I choose but I don't know if I want him just to be one or the other I feel like by having it kind of undefined a lot more people can try to like relate to that kind of character or can even see them as their best friend without having to say well no but he's gay so that doesn't remind me of so and so or he's straight so mm-hmm. he doesn't remind me of my And friend, so it's so. much more diverse and dynamic by letting people fill in their own thoughts and ideas and feelings and experiences into these characters. Which is why, yes, it is our job as the authors to build these characters and their relationships and their feelings and their histories. But it's also you want people to be able to relate to them and to feel emotion and connections. Although them. I would say maybe we'll get a book about Seuss at some point. Well, I would only like just speak for the last ten minutes, and you just kept interrupting me. I'm like, like should you guys make like a middle school book with all these troubles from middle school? I'm so like, I have a different point. I think there should be a book about Seuss, perhaps at some point. <laughs> um, no, but no, 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 no. But we have like, to have a book about Seuss. But what I what I like what I like about what you did there with Seuss and not being clear about his sexuality was you didn't fall into the gay friend trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you left open the possibility of a purely platonic set of friends, mm-hmm. whatever their orientation. I really mm-hmm. thought that was, you, you sort of uh, avoided many of the typical tropes yeah. you see in teen fiction. And that's because I really don't like the books that like, oh, the boy and girl are best friends. That means they have to get together. And I adore, like with uh, the Lunar well, Chronicles. Well, your dad is my best friend though. Okay, so. yeah, I get it. But like with the Lunar Chronicles, Cinder and Thorn. <laughs> she just with, blew that off. I know, I did. Because I'm so used to you guys being so lovey-dovey. But with the Lunar Chronicles... Did you know that your mom's my best friend as well? And did you know we should have a book about Seuss? Okay, but so back to what I was saying. Excuse you guys, I'm trying to talk. Needless to say, this is the worst trait the entire family has is interrupting one another. I remember interrupting this entire time. it comes from having such a large family. Oh, yeah. You need to say it when you can, otherwise it might not have been raising my hand the entire time. But so what I was trying to say is that... Like with the Lunar Chronicles, you have Cinder and Thorn. Like with Shatter Me, you have Kenji and Juliet. I adore reading the friendships where it's the guy and the girl, but purely platonic. Because it just feels so much... It, it's so rare in books, but it's also such a pure friendship where you know they can rely on each other. And I really wanted to have something like that in a book. And so, honestly, I write what I want to read. I don't want to write something for other people. I want to write for what I want. Which, which is I love. why I like that plot twist. Why I want that purely platonic friendship why write b who's very similar to me with the love of theater the love of reading and so so the one one question i have no let andrew okay, have his comment i've been raising my hand for the last 20 minutes okay now. go ahead but uh so 
I mean, if you're going to go about Zeus, I was about to go back to the favorite character thing. Because Zeus is not my favorite character Who in this is? book. I think, I think that they're underused, but Sandy. I'm not Sandy, sorry. Uh, Dr. Annie. Dr. Annie. Sarah. 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 Oh, Sarah the Strong. Yeah, no, they're my favorite. Just because some of my favorite moments are because of Sarah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say my favorite moment in this book is definitely them confronting Angela in the dream. Tears. Which, Hold on I'm a little confused. Is that the quote-unquote real Angela, or is that, like, an imaginary Angela? So, before, before you answer that, can I ask you a question about your thoughts on Sarah the Strong? Yeah. So, did you read Sarah the Strong as part of an, part of B's hallucination, or as a real ghost who was coming back to talk to her? Well, throughout the my first read of the book, uh, I've been th- I was thinking ghost the entire time because I've constantly forgot my theory about the whole my thing. So, uh, and I think that the my the epilogue, I think that because those blue flowers randomly appeared on their doorstep. That, yes, they are a real ghost. Okay. Well, okay. Here's what I was thinking of that moment. I don't... Again, it's not set in stone. But I personally thought that, like, Mr. Jameson was the one who put the flowers on the doorstep. But what I was thinking with Sarah... If Sarah is not just B's hallucination, I feel like ghosts... Because I personally believe in ghosts and the supernatural. That's just my personal thing. And I think a lot of the family agrees. Mm -hmm. But I think they have the power of... Not, like, control, but influence. So I felt like he had, like, a feeling to buy those flowers rather than, like, he just bought them out of nowhere. I also want to add about the ghost case. Uh, when B was driving off blindly in a rage, uh, Sarah was the one who told him to stop before, like, he suddenly got, got hit in the back of the car. Is that what, like, T-boning is? Like, they get hit in the back? No, T-boning is when you hit in the side. Okay, yeah. They're the one who noticed it and told B. B did not notice it. They also knew that Angela was fake before B did. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of, they sort of but know stuff I before feel B like, does. Well, also, B, of course, subconsciously kind of has to know that Angela doesn't exist because, again, she's the one creating her. So if Sarah is from her subconscious, then Sarah would know that. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not saying what. But again, like, like the case with Seuss, I love the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. It allows the reader to sort of take on the characters the way that he or she thinks they are and build a story in their own mind, which I think is a really, really nice way of doing that. And it lasts for discussion. And and let's be honest here, though, guys. The whole point of Sarah is that we've already established this long ago. Everybody needs a friend named Sarah. Yep. I have ten of them. <laughs> I do. That's why we named her Sarah, I think, because I, in every single school I've been to, which I think now is, like, 10 schools nine schools nine schools i think i've had a friend named sarah and all the last initials rhyme just saying and so i was like dad we need to have a character named sarah because i have met sarah everywhere and sarah's are very common so we have to have a name to honor that and so we did Uh, and every sarah has brought a unique kind of friendship to you exactly as well so and every single sarah who's read the book has said so this character is based off me right like i'm your favorite sarah right <laughs> okay so i don't know if this is going out of your like defined order but i want i just want to know what's everyone's favorite and least favorite parts of this book oh, that's, that's the cool. very end but it's fine. okay we'll do fine. it fine i've i've messed it up and you've other... messed up our order before i mean that, that so was the i will I was say gone, so. my least favorite part is when the mom and dad are fighting why because one i kind of feel like the mom and dad are based off of me and dad obviously and two just because when there is a child that's sick or has a disorder or has something wrong or whatever the parents relationship can fail at times so i for me, it was almost like, oh, God, their their marriage is, you mm-hmm. know, really not great. And that, to me, was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So I just hated that part just because, you know, I didn't want to read that, knowing that I kind of pictured in my mind me and Dad I when that. I was reading the story. So. I like Anne's redemption. I think Roger's name, because they're both like, Mr. Jameson is also named Roger, right? Like, it said Mr. Rob Roger Jamison or whatever at the end of the book. 
Oh gosh, I'm forgetting my own character's name. Yeah, but it's the dad depressing. Roger, I, I think Anne's redemption throughout the book is really good. Roger, first thing, only appearing for like the last bit in a flashback, hasn't basically not there for the book. He's garbage. Well, yeah, again. Well, he's not garbage, but also he's working. So let's, a lot let's of, pause there for and a also, also. Can I say something real quick about that just, point? Though, real quick, brother, please. The whole, as we were saying, originally we didn't know if we wanted Roger to be real or not, so we kind of had a little bit less of him than we had for Anne, and so when we decided he did want him to be, we did want him to be real, which is towards the end, we added more of him in, but we kind of kept him out of that. And there's, there's another reason for that, and we wanted to capture a couple of different things. Um, often when a, a couple goes through a child trauma, meaning a child is terminally sick or very sick, a, their marriage can fall apart, but B, often a parent throws himself into something mm-hmm. else. So the dad's way of coping with the trauma of his daughter being sick was throwing himself into work. Mm-hmm. Sort of isolating and that himself. was Anne with her article and exactly. phones and remedies. Yes. Yes. And I think that's just, not just for parent trauma, I think that's any kind of trauma. A lot of people will end up throwing themselves into certain things. That's why I always throw myself into like arts and crafts. Like I have my phases of arts and crafts because I like... I throw myself into them so I can kind of distract from, like, my anxieties around what's going on in my life. Right. Okay, can I continue my Roger hating? No, please do. Yeah. So, I do feel like, even with that, it's inexcusable to value your own image more so than the safety of your daughter with the whole, oh, Uncle Sam. I just hate Uncle Sam, I'm going to be honest. I hate everything about Uncle Sam. Was that his name? Yes, it was Uncle Sam. I hate Uncle Sam. I despise Okay, him. also, side note, a lot of names went through a lot of changes, so that's why I'm kind of not remembering Why did names. you hate Uncle Sam? I just thought everything he... First things first, he's mentioned once mm-hmm. before the big, like, oh, do they have the... Like, before the whole hospital scene, they're mentioned once, which, like, in, like, a sentence. Then the hospital scene, there's supposed to be some big, important character, like, oh, you... It's possible that they could be sick with schizophrenia. Whatever. And then when... Schizophrenia. Yeah, I know. But at the end of the book, the thing I strongly dis- dis- disagreed with you on, you said, oh yeah, the- they're just like Uncle Sam. That one in a million chance happened. I'm like, that's an awful payoff. Well, okay. Let me just defend myself real quick. Like we said, he's very blunt and brutally honest. We, again, wanted it to be left up to interpretation. And two, it's, it's not really like the... First of all, he didn't want... A lot of people don't want to share, like, their family, like, mental... First of all, I'm sorry. I keep saying first of all. Mental health is something that's so sheltered. And that's why I really also like talking about my own mental health. Whether it's on this podcast or in person with friends or even, like, in class. Because it's something that has such, like, a taboo kind of hush-hush around it. Which well, it shouldn't. And let's be honest. Like... When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, breast cancer was not even talked about at that exactly. point. And so it was not even discussed. It was not talked about. It was not, you know, it was kind of that dirty secret, like, oh, she's got the female cancer, you know? And now if you look at it, because people started talking about it and because, you know, it, it awareness, was, was spread. awareness was spread... You know, it's one of the most treatable types of cancer and one of the most survivable types of cancer. So the fact that, you know, we're talking about mental illness in that book in that kind of way kind of speaks to that still that we as a society still view mental health as like that dirty little secret. Exactly. And that's and you don't necessarily want to tote, you know, yeah, my brother had schizophrenia and is dead now, you know. It's just one of those things like you live through it and you don't want to talk about it because of the trauma or because of the embarrassment of the things that he might have done not realizing he was sick at that point. And so that's, again, what we were trying to get across, whether it's Roger's uh, trauma from having, like... Because, again, that's something really hard to deal with, a sibling with that kind of mental illness and struggles. So whether it's his trauma from that or losing his brother or it's embarrassment from having to admit that this is in his family and he brought these genes to his daughter, potentially, especially in this situation. His daughter is currently 
in the hospital thinking that she has a sister that she never had. And so his fear, his, it could be him not wanting to admit it to himself that this could be his own genes and his own quote unquote fault. And that's why it's really difficult for him to admit it. Less of his own self-image. Okay, go ahead, Andrew. Uh, well, I'm sorry, because I thought we already moved on from that topic. <laughs> like, I was talking about why the Uncle Sam thing began with sucks. And then you just want to go back. And, it's okay. But uh, anyway, any, 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 like, I need to remember what I was saying now. Yeah, Thanks. your favorite part of the book. Okay, yeah. I already stated that my favorite part of the book is Susan the Strong. And that's Susan. Sarah. 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 Susan the Strong. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, that was my, my least favorite part of the book is probably just the epilogue in general. Just just Ouch. the epilogue. Okay. I, I love there's I'd one. say, well, I said my least favorite. Mm-hmm. My favorite is that scene where Seuss beats the crap out of the kids. Yes! Love it. Would have loved to seen more of it because I just love it. Prequel. I will say when, so a lot of this writing process was back and forth writing chapters and notes and ideas. And so at that point, I had made a deal with my dad because I hate exercise and movement and physical activity. And so my dad and I had a deal that if every day I ran, we would write a chapter together. And so I ran every single day. And that was one of the chapters we wrote. And when I heard I read that I laughed out loud for a solid five minutes and said I adore this and so I agree that's a great moment I remember what I was gonna say about the Uncle Sam thing now oh gosh <laughs> uh well it's more so a story you sort of brought it up you stated that someone said something about the whole twist ending thing one of those talks were mine I think two of them were actually mine what so when we were talking about the epilogue, I went up to you like, what happened? Like, I think I understand what's happening at the end. And you're like, really? Really? What's happening? I said, well, first things first, they're having to try to... They're not able to move on with their life without this, this guiding force that they had all their life. Mm-hmm. So I'm the one who said, like, they are so mentally stressed that they recreated Angela, even without a sickness, just to have comfort... And I was pretty sure I said the last one you brought up. I don't remember exactly what you said. I've... And then you're like, oh, no, it's schizophrenia. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I know. Like, you were, you were dead here. Like, oh, no, there's no, like, twist ending. It's just schizophrenia. Uh-huh. And I'm so, like, I was messing with you, dude. So, Alexis, your favorite Lucy Rippard. Oh, jeez. I have to do that, too? Yeah. Is yes. that fair because I'm the author? Yes. Okay, well, favorite, I got... Okay, I got a few. I got a favorite emotional and a favorite... No, just one. Well, you suck! Yes. Well, I can go before you think of it, because I have another thing. I okay, go. My favorite chapter, on, at the very least. Chapter 33. Why? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, I... I thought that ch- pause in the chapter, like, they just get knocked out. Blank chapter. I thought, like, if you had... If you did not have the chapter on the other page and just left it blank on the other page... That would have been so more impactful. It was already very impactful. It was a layout that we couldn't do. I know, but like, just having a blank page after dot, dot, dot could lead to so much more suspense. Like, it already leads to a lot of mm-hmm. suspense, just dot, dot, dot for a chapter. And I'm just like, like when I was doing that, I was just like, <gasps> yo. <laughs> okay. You ready now? So, I'm going to have to go with the twist with, it was Angela, that last yeah. sentence, because that was just such like a my like favorite thing to like write that last zinger of a line so i'd probably say that and then least favorite okay this wasn't something i wrote but it was in the very first chapter and i felt unnecessarily called out by it because my dad wrote it and it was talking about how the well no that was fine it's talking about how the mom and the daughter fight about her appearance, but the daughter couldn't understand that the mom was just trying to help her and say that maybe not having a sense of style wasn't actually a style. And <laughs> that the mom wasn't just saying, and just be like Angela. That felt very targeted towards me because my mother and I do fight about my appearance a lot because I, again, dress a lot like, like B does. And that like- felt very much like my dad was saying... Hey, I'm taking your mom's side here. You just so what, exactly. What's really, what's really interesting about that paragraph or two that I wrote, both women in the house 
felt called out. Yes! Pissed at me about the chapter. My wife is saying, you're calling me a bad mother. My daughter is saying, you're calling me out taking her side. Which tells me it was written very well. Because it came to the perspective of both. And a counter to your whole thing there. End of the book. You're like, maybe you can stop fighting the bad girl. You should stop fighting about her about your sweater. And it's like, I'm trying to help her. No, you're trying to make her not an embarrassment to you. I feel like that's sort of... Yeah, made... but I didn't have that when I first read it. I know, but why like... that line stuck with me more. Yeah. Okay, so... Favorite... I thought you would have felt most called... Sorry for interrupting. I thought you would have felt most called out for about the articles and stuff. Because you do send them out, which is why we wrote that, but we meant to what exaggerate articles? it for Anne. So oh, I call I felt called out a lot throughout the well, entire that's the book. Whole, okay, we but, drew on a lot of our own experiences, and that was the and fun that's of it. Fine, it's what, good. Let's be but, fair. B is just Lexus mixed with my sprite obsession. <laughs> like that's it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Lee, I didn't realize Lee's I was that favorite part of the book, with a caveat. Okay. Um, it had the initial potential. Of the two sugary, sweet, happy ending with her getting together with mm-hmm. the football Steve. player. But I thought then the dark twist at the end sort of helped balance and made it really mm-hmm. effective. But if it ended with her and Steve together, it would have been too much for my perspective. What I really want to do, I'm sorry you're going to say something, Andrew, but here's my thing. I potentially, I'm not certain about this, but I want to revisit this world from a different perspective and not not necessarily perspective from this book but like maybe another student at school who's going through something else because a lot of high schoolers have completely separate lives but share a lot of similar traumas and so maybe revisit that and maybe you could see what happened between the end and the epilogue you can see b through her struggles from someone else's eyes who doesn't know her full story now my favorite part do I get my favorite part still? I was about to say something oh, too. Yeah. Like I was gonna say it originally, then Alexa interrupted me. Now, you, so I was gonna say, I've told you about this before. I did not like Steve. I, know. I did not. I thought it was thrown in there. I thought most of the stuff in the epilogue was thrown in there. I just think, just you. Your excuse was that, B Angela is what B wants to be, but by no means should Steve ever have thought of. I mean. She way. was a very pretty girl, so... I mean, yeah, but she was... Less, like, that whole, uh, you better remember my birthday. You you bet. Like, I've, I feel like most people would be weirded it out was, by that. That's part of, like... Okay. It's like the classic, like... We drew, we drew a little bit of... I know I did. A little bit of the classic rom-com situations where there's a little bit of miscommunication and know, misunderstanding. I, I which, personally, I'm not a huge fan of. But I did write it in because it was entertaining to write. How about this? The football player has some depth. Okay, I, know. I do. Like I Steve. didn't okay. want. I didn't want him to be that like classic jock football. Despite his friends being it, I want him to be kind of more of the other kind of. Oh, so let's, let's just say you said a tra- trend with that since like there's so many like things coming out nowadays. We're like, oh, the bully isn't even mean. It's just that they. Or just put it in a different standpoint. Like I'm they're a not. Trendsetter. Yeah, no, you you just created that. I'm amazing. Okay. Anyways, yeah, what's your favorite? favorite? You didn't say your least favorite. My favorite. I did. No, you said favorite. No, I said my least favorite. Well, was... That was what I called mom. Mom called out. Oh, yes. what was your favorite okay. then? Shh. It, it. Let Dad speak, Andrew. <laughs> Angela, the last sentence. Remember? Ah. Dude, you don't listen, Mister. Huh? It helps on a podcast if all the speakers listen once in a while. Huh? <laughs> So, my favorite... He's too raising his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he interrupted. He has too raising But when you raise your hand, your ears still work. They're oh, 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 oh! We should have a book about Seuss. <laughs> I'm about to walk out of this door right now. I mean, Teddy will be happy to see you. All my, right. My favorite part, no one has mentioned yet. It is one sentence. I loved it. It brought tears to my eyes. Um, it is when mm-hmm. the doctor says stage four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did not was, get that. I know you didn't get that, but anybody <laughs> who... But stop. Anybody who got that, you could have made such a big deal about... Can't, and, and it was so understated, and there was such a connection mm-hmm. between the two. It was just so powerful. I got chills yeah. there. One it, sentence, it stage four, boom, it's done. I thought that was just like I'm the most I'm kind of mad at myself for killing her off. No, I th- I but I thought it was so fantastic. Yeah. It was so powerful, but, uh, so and emotional. I, I'm very glad we didn't like 
Because there were so many different ways. We could have, like, a scene in Dr. Annie's funeral. We could have mm-hmm. a scene, like, really, like, milking it for all it's worth for those tears. But we really... All that we had was the hug. It's something, you know, this goes into my profession. One of the, the hardest thing for lawyers to learn in court is when to stop talking and sit down. <laughs> and many authors have the same issue, right? And you mm-hmm. just did it. You walked away from it. I thought it was just so emotionally mm-hmm. intense. I Andrew, that's that something scene. you have trouble yeah, with. I learning when to stop talking and sit down. Can, can I just say something, though? Cause <laughs> <I know. laughs> He's not even listening. I know. Stop talking and sit down, whatever. But you brought up earlier, and as I stated for my first read, I did not notice a single time Angela interacted with anyone. Second read, since I remembered it the whole way through, I reread the book. I saw one, one scene, one couple of scenes where that is not true. Which is? When they ordered the coffee. When they ordered the coffee in the middle of broad daylight, B talking to herself at the middle of the table, waiter got them a coffee that Angela ordered. I don't think that's what it makes sense with her not being real. B, B ordered for B both ordered. of them. B ordered. B ordered for both okay, of them. Okay, but they still. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't Angela ordering. It was B ordering. And okay, the thought, well, the that thought there. would be that a friend's coming to join them. So I know, often like, you order for your friend ahead of time, so... I know the scene, and yes, she was talking to herself in a crowded coffee shop. And it's a, she could have had an AirPod in mm. or whatever. People, they, it's not it's uncommon, not uncommon nowadays for people Dude, to be talking. You don't go out in public ever. <laughs> Believe <laughs> me, I go to coffee shops with friends. I see people sitting there with earpieces in, talking to themselves, quote unquote. I see people by themselves completely having another drink there ordered for someone else and who's I've coming. I've been the person saying hi, thinking somebody's talking to me, but they're on the phone. So let's just say it does happen. Okay, well, another scene, another scene. I brought this up in my first, first read-through as well, in which I was convinced by Alexis' statement. When Sue says, who's Angela, he smiles as, in, as if he's telling a joke. And like, I don't think there was any Angela that was in the play. Like, like that just sort of seems like he knows who Angela is, and it's just like, of course, you can see why it wouldn't, but, like, he's a, who's Angela? Like, smiling, grinning the whole time. I took it as a kind of spinoff of a Karen, you know? Like, an Angela's, of course, you know, like... And, and the way I read the scene, which, again, there's ambiguity here, is that Seuss was deep and complex but always positive and supportive mm-hmm. so he wanted to provide assurance and smile thinking maybe i missed something yeah uh so he sort of grinned <laughs> i love saying, how you just gestured to andrew uh, which no one can see but <laughs> all of us angela? Uh, what do you mean uh andrew's huh? favorite phrase what but, but no so look yes there were scenes where you could go back and say perhaps somebody should have noticed but that's not that different than the restaurant scene in the sixth sense also uh so to me there are also parallels there between those two uh, those two works, but I, I really because yeah, like the book never stated that B ordered for Angela. It said that Angela ordered coffee, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm just like, ex- ex- well, yeah. Again, it's, it's something from, that it's from B's perspective. I know. I was gonna say that father. Just trying to help. stealing my words. Okay, so um, I was gonna bring up. So what are how many references like do you think that we included into like? Like our family, because oh, I, I know I, no bubbles was kiss 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 kiss. My Sprite. my mom and my aunt are identical twins, which was really fun, kind of seeing their relationship and how it mirrored. So kiss kiss is what my mom uh, always is, says. To the my mother aunt. is the Corella the Bell. She is the quote unquote perfect daughter that was actually excuse <laughs> me excuse me you you didn't I, do your homework. You blame We've done this story three times. And this okay. is like the, the this is the third time. Okay, we've well, I know. we've already done this story. I know. So but they like, all know that uh, my obsession with Sprite, our obsession with theater, like my obsession with Tiramisu. Yes, was the your... book I was reading was at the time was they both die at the end, which is a very popular book on like book talk. And I did not Instagram. I did not know if you were like bringing copyright or something with well, how no, many like had a different different right, titles you brought in. Like oh. Rocky. Oh, I'm like. Well, no, because my dad father is, I know. is an intellectual property attorney. I know he was back in the day. So still on. But... Still well, but on the side. No, no, he's in charge of IP. But what I'm saying is, you were practicing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just never see like that many like blame like movies being called out. Like normally, like they switch a word like oh it's Rocky instead of Rocky. No, that's. What if you wanted like to use like a Honda it? Civic? Like no one ever goes and says Honda Civic in a book or something. Yes, they do. Really, I've never once seen that. That's okay. Well, you, you should probably read once in a while. <laughs> I, I'm leaving. Okay.
Okay, Chad, did you have one more thing? I did. So one of my favorite parts of the process or the book, I had several people that I knew, mm -hmm. peers and, you know, friends who read the book. Yeah. And they gave me, you know, very direct feedback mm -hmm. uh, and all liked it very much. But the one, the one friend who read the book said mm -hmm. to me, it was so well done with the battle with cancer. He was hoping you hadn't lived through that yourself. Yeah. He I actually remember. thought that you had drawn upon personal experiences. Mm -hmm. He thought it was just so compelling and so real and so raw. And that to me, I was so proud because you haven't. And it just shows what a great writer you are to be well, able to sort you. of have that impact on somebody that can think you'd live that experience. What really meant a lot to me was one of my Sarah's, she called me at three o'clock in the morning, crying her eyes out because she had been crying for the past 10 chapters. And she had told me, because she's someone who really, really struggles with darkness and depression. And she had told me that I somehow managed to put all that she feels into words that she didn't even know how to put into herself. So it really meant a lot to hear that because I was also, again, putting my own feelings into words and knowing that other people feel the same way as I do and relate to me. And it was very impactful. So, Andrew, what were you going to say? I was going to say the same thing. You were going to say the same thing? Yep, literally the same thing. That what? That, that I was going to bring up that I remember distinctly one of my sister's friends telling her that uh, they perfectly captured the thing of depression. And yeah, yeah I was going to bring that up. Great minds, bro, bro. Woo! We think alike. Mama, what did you... I remember... Oh, sorry. I was going to ask you something. But I remember I went to go visit my aunt. And it was 4th of July. Like, right? We were doing fireworks and stuff. And she said that her neighbor had to meet me because her neighbor had read the book. And right. It was so strange because I'd never met this woman in my life. And she read my book. And she wanted to talk to me about this book that I had written that she loved and it felt because again there's that kind of level of some someone reading it you know them they kind of feel an obligation to say that I like it so you don't know whether or not to trust it but someone who you've never met before saying they have to meet you it yeah. meant so much that was such a cool experience well because she you know again my my sister was talking about the fact she was reading her niece's book and and her neighbor's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, my niece wrote a book and I'm reading it. And she's like, I have to read this. And so mm -hmm. she did. And, you know, she was blown away by what, you know, here, I mean, how old were you? 14. You were 14. I was 14 when it published. When you wrote this book. So, you know, it, I have to say, I am truly impressed with what you did here you. and I love the story and I love the the way you're able to take these characters and have them interact with one another and keep it so real that you know these are conversations that kids have in schools these mm -hmm. are conversations that families have and what you and your dad together created here we're the is, dream team it's just fantastic so well, it's also we have two different generations of experiences not if it, if a parent is trying or not a parent an adult is trying to write kids experiences and discussions it often seems kind of forced and fake with a lot of like i notice this in a lot of like teen movies a lot of like trying to use like the the slang that's like super super over popularized that people don't actually use versus when kids try to write adults it's never really that like compelling as always one-dimensional so the pairing of these two different generations with completely different life experiences and what we know of our lives was really great teamwork and i really appreciated that yeah wouldn't you agree father absolutely so i want i wanted to ask which i think you already answered this question yeah but while reading the dream sequence, I got major flashbacks of Dad's book. So I was wondering, like, did you, like, heavily impact the sort of real-world stuff where he mainly did the dream stuff? Because, like, that's what I was thinking while reading. You sort of already answered that. It was a side-by-side -side process most of the time. We weren't, like, a lot of it was writing and ideas. So basically, a lot of it was I came up with a lot of I need, I want this to happen X, Y, Z, these should happen in this order. 
and he was able to take a lot of that and help me put it into words like we would have discussions of like wording and then we'd have a fully drafted chapter and then I would read it all together because I'm the big reader and I would make notes and edits and send it back to him and then we'd have him edit and then that would kind of begin finalizing it before we have the actual editing process so it wasn't really a him writing this me writing that it was more of a like teamwork process and then I I would say what I loved is that you guys would when one of you had like a great idea you'd be like oh I gotta talk to you yeah and or you know and then they'd look at me and because I said I did not want to know anything about the story until you wouldn't I, even hear the I back wouldn't of the book. hear anything about it so they'd all look at me and I'd be like I think it's time for me to leave the well, room right and now. even if you wouldn't leave we would start texting each other like yes. if we were watching the good doctor together we would start texting each other like during the episode and you'd be like stop book talking when we're trying to watch the show yes exactly so yeah I love that whole and I loved that like when you but have the, such a good idea and you have someone to share it with but that's the point is the excitement that you both would have during this whole process mm-hmm. and it's like when something would click and you you could tell there were points in the book where you were struggling to get the words right or whatever Mm -hmm. but the minute that you guys it would mesh like Mm -hmm. you'd see that excitement between the two of you and then I'd be like okay it's time for me to peace out I distinctly (laughs) remember we were in the car like finalizing the first draft because I was driving to Arkansas or my dad was driving me to Arkansas for my friend's uh social distance birthday party because I had unfortunately moved away without getting to say goodbye because it was all COVID and virtual and no one really knew that I'd moved yet. And so getting this experience was one thing. But then I was riding in the car with him when we were driving this like five hour trip and I'd wanted to change. It was like a piece of, I think originally Bee's Fair Dessert was like a piece of chocolate cake. And I was like, can I change this to a piece of tiramisu? And you're like, if you can spell tiramisu first try, then yes. And I did, and it happened, because tiramisu is, like, my favorite dessert ever, to the point where every time, like, I would have to babysit for mom, my mom and dad going on, like, a date night, they would always bring me back a piece of tiramisu as payment. Yeah, It was exactly. amazing. Great tiramisu. That place no longer sells tiramisu, and it broke my heart when I went to go get some. It's very sad. Okay. Well, I don't even think we have to do this at this point, but maybe we do. What would you rate the book, Andrew? Four and a half. Ooh, that's high from you. We don't have to do that. That's that's unfair. Probably a five when I first read it, four and a half when I read it the second time. Oh, so it gets worse when you read it. I see how it is, Andrew. I I would say it's a five. It (gasps) made me tear up and cry. So as anyone knows, anything that brings pure emotion is truly a five star you know it actually managed to make me feel something (laughs) and it made me feel angry which you know because oh yeah i felt very called out real quick this isn't this isn't like a thing what are your guys' thoughts on b as a character we didn't really talk about this because we talked about all the other characters we talked about seuss we talked about dr annie we talked about sarah we talked about even the parents we didn't talk about b i love b because she is my daughter alexis (laughs) (laughs) what's really what's really fun is I have a lot of people telling me they hate B. They think she's annoying and whiny. And I'm like... Have, look in a mirror. <laughs> oh, Andrew. <laughs> like, so No, harsh. but I love that she's not perfect. Because let's be honest. Nobody's perfect. Exactly. But the point is, the jealousies happen between siblings. You compare yourselves mm. to your siblings and what they've accomplished, what they've done... And I think that the fact that she is a bit jealous, is a bit whiny, is a bit, you know, whatever. She It makes her real. Mm-hmm. And it makes her, you know, let's be honest. She's had a shit life. She's got dealt a bad deck from a bad deck of cards. Like, yeah. it's not even like aces in there. It's like all jokers. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? This again? You know, kind of. So she's had a really rough time at it. And let's see. I think she has an excuse for being a bit whiny. Let's see. You lived through cancer three times. 
and have a perfect sister. And that's not and saying that I don't appreciate the criticisms because I do. I agree. B was kind of meant to be whiny and annoying. Yeah, but but that's part of why I love her as a character too. Can I try? Can I try trying the guess with the offers here? Can I try guessing the cancer timeline from the book? What do you mean? Because like it said that it happened three times. We get the start date of the first time, which is when they were six years old. Mm-hmm. We get the end of the second time, mm-hmm. but we don't know the in between there. Okay. And we know that the third time starts as, as like, as a freshman in high school, right? She's a senior. Oh, senior? No, I mean, like, the, the third time, not the fourth. The third time. Oh, third time. Yeah. Cause okay. we got yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so I'm going to guess that they, from six to maybe seven-ish, because they said that they would get better the second time when they were nine. So were they, like, eight or something when they got it the second time? Because... What? Okay, I'm sorry. What is your... I'm confused on your like, question. I'm like, what is When the was the second time? When did the second time start and when did the first time end? Like, because those are the two dates we do not Does know. Does it matter? Yes. Why? Because I want to know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, writing something that inspires such passion that you want to know such itty-bitty details, I think that's an I accomplishment. Mean, like, it just seems like the time... Like, like, you well, like, Andrew, Andrew. Yeah? There is no spoon. There is no date. We, we can go back and you can post this, but there, there was a clear timeline. Mm-hmm. Which we had notes on the timeline for start end dates of all three cancer belts. Mm-hmm. Do we still I, have I, I don't those? recall it, but we can go back and, and we can let the listeners know. If people really care, they should email the email account. Mom.daughterbooktalk at gmail.com and I could... And you can post that or let people know what the timeline is. If, anybody, if, people... if anybody else cares, if we have one other person email... <laughs> Otherwise, Andrew will never, never find know. out. So somebody else <laughs> yeah. has to care enough to ask Either the Either email, comment on our Instagram... Or if the Instagram post gets an unusual amount of likes, I will add another post with the... The exact timeline. The exact timeline. And I'll even include some of my original notes, my original first draft of that first little section. So we need one someone important to actually... One person of importance to say they want this. I want to... One say, other person of importance. <laughs> Maybe if Andrew cares enough, he'll create an Instagram account. Or a fake or email a account. Fake email account. Oh, he's my girl email. He'll have one of his friends email for him. Oh, wait. No, you don't have friends. <laughs> oh, that was That's nice. not true. Oh, I have a half a friend. Half of a friend? What did you do the other half? Her yeah. name's Angela. <laughs> <laughs> or Sam. <laughs> Teddy. Does Teddy count? No. Yes. I mean, he's sitting outside the door. Too okay. funny. This is one last thing I want to say, which this was like probably the highlight of my life. One day I was sitting, this was right about a year, not a year, a few months after the book had been published. And I was sitting in my room talking to my friends on the phone and I see an email pop in and it's like, Oh, whatever. I'm on the phone. But then I saw, like, Marissa Meyer. And I was like, oh, it's probably Fierce Reads, like, with a book thing. Because I get emails from Fierce Reads. But then I realized I didn't say Fierce Reads. And I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Probably. Yeah. And so I click on the email and I realized it's Marissa Meyer. And I, I'm like, friends, I-, I gotta go right now. And I read this. And Marissa Meyer herself wrote me an email and when I tell you I was crying on the floor, I am not over-exaggerating because she is literally my inspiration to start writing. I adore her books. She's the one who got me back into reading, back into writing. She's like my icon, my idol. And so getting an email from her congratulating me on publishing a book was incredible. And if by the complete off impossible chance that she's listening to this, I just want to say thank you and I adore you. Okay, yes. I got and one. And thank more. you to your father for reaching out to Marissa yeah. Meyer and without me knowing because that was a big surprise. Okay, I got one more question. Tell them all out. Yeah. Uh, what were the oldest sisters thought in the book? What? What was the oldest sister thought in the book? Oh, she isn't ready yet. So <laughs> yes, the other sister has not read the book yet. But yeah. The youngest has. But she hasn't. Granted, she's in college. And she and, and I don't blame her. I've had a lot of yeah. people telling me like I have a lot of people who have the book and haven't even read it. And so like it doesn't it's like it means a lot that people have read it, but also I don't blame people for not reading it. 
And yeah. what really I adore is getting to go on Amazon and see the reviews from people who I don't know. Because again, it's different. It's one thing having your friends and family tell you, oh, it's a great book. It's a great read. But it's a whole other thing having complete strangers telling you that. Yes. So- Especially adults. Because it's just, as a kid, you get very worried that they just think, oh, you're this little kid who's doing this thing for fun. But if adults really like it and they think it's like a good book, it kind of shows that this is something special, you know? And it is. And you're special. And Aww. your dad, of course, I think is and special. And then too. I have one last question. Dad, what was your favorite scene to write? Not to read, but to write. I think the Seuss the scene. Seuss? Yeah, the parking lot scene. Mm-hmm. Which we never really got a scene of. We just sort of... Had an offhand comment, but still that was... But it. again, the, the way it was described, lucked up to the imagination. Again, I think in, the idea behind that was if you went through in detail of him beating them up, describing it sort of blow by blow... It's less effective. I mm-hmm. think just the way he was very subtle, it sort of fit into his character. Yeah. So I thought it was just, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, now mm-hmm. we need a Seuss people. <laughs> yes. Oh, anyway, gosh. Is that it? I, have, I have a friend, another friend, another Sarah, who she was very, just came out of nowhere. She was very angrily texting me, I'm so mad right now. And I said, oh, my gosh, why? What's wrong? Just like, isn't the worst when your favorite author is taking forever to write another book or might never write another book? I was like, what? She's like, you need to write faster. This is my not-so-subtle way of saying you need to write something else, bitch. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is aggressive. <laughs> and so, like, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Despite being called a bitch. Exactly. So. Okay. Is that all? That being said. That's it? That's okay. It. Well. <laughs> you never gave a star review, Mom. Ooh. Wait, no, you I did. I said you, you, you did. They can't. We they can't. Wrote the it. authors can't. That's not fair. Probably that's why, That's like trying to rate something on Goodreads that you wrote. That's yeah. not fair. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for joining us, Andrew and Dad. Woo! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you guys want to find the book, which given that we're already here, you've probably already read it. It's on Amazon. Just look up The Other Sister or my name, Alexis Dellinger or Chad Dellinger. Or you could also, if you loved this book, you could check out Chad's book, The Fall, which is also on Amazon. Which I loved. Um, It's very kind of the same sort of writing style, same sort of rabbit hole, what's real, what's not. Very, I really like his style of writing, which is why I went to him for help and not me. But Mother, that's okay. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's why I went for you to you for a podcast. Exactly, very different. We have our skills, right? You do. You're good at talking. But anyway, well, you can find us at our email, momdaughterbooktalk at gmail.com. Remember to send that email if you want to see that stuff and make Andrew's dreams come true. Please help me, please. And on our Instagram at motherdaughterbooktalk, where you can also like the post that we're gonna make for this episode and make Andrew's dreams come true. And you can leave suggestions for future episodes and potentially be chosen to be featured on one of those episodes. And if you want to support this podcast and our future episodes, you can become a supporter through the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for listening and hope you guys join us next time. Bye!